Breaking news. Chicago desegregates to stay warm. Hello, mortals. This is WBEZ's It's All True podcast, powered by America's second favorite source for fake news, thewhiskeyjournal.com. My name is Tim Barnes, and in each episode, I bring you a conversation with a notable guest of note, and then ask them to reveal a funny true story. This week, I talked to writer Britt Julius. I'm uh, an outspoken feminist and a sort of jokingly misandrist. She writes for The Guardian, Vice, The Chicago Tribune, and more, with a unique take on music, culture, and politics. We talk about everything from the power of the opinion piece to what it's like being a black woman in the writing world. But first, let's listen to her in action. This is Britt Julius discussing a piece she wrote for WBEZ in 2013 titled, Is Gentrification Always a Bad Thing? On The Morning Shift with Tony Sarabia. Okay, Britt, you started off your piece with, it all started with fried chicken. Yeah. Sounds like the beginning to a great American novel. I was thinking about, you know, um, in terms of neighborhoods like Logan Square or like Avondale, a lot of the changes that people are recognizing have to deal with food. So hospitality, restaurants, things like that. Um, and I mentioned uh, Eater Chicago. They actually, before there was a really big article in the Chicago Reader, they had mentioned something about how a couple blocks in Logan Square are just going to be changing almost rapidly with new bars and new restaurants. And in your piece, you say that this seems calculated. I think it seems calculated because they're all opening within the same number of months. So, I mean, obviously, someone who's like grown up in and outside of the city, like Logan Square has taken a while to change. But I think for many people, when you have six or seven new bars and restaurants opening on like a two or three block stretch in the course of a year, it does feel calculated, even though they're all different, you know, uh, restaurant groups and, and hospitality ventures and things like that. I'm a comic, not a journalist. In fact, I don't really know what specifically makes something journalism or not, but I feel like I can sense a lot of changes in the way that articles are being presented here in the internet age. Britt Julius was recently named one of the 21 amazing role models for ambitious 20-somethings by BuzzFeed, so I thought I'd ask her about it. When that happened, I panicked um, <laughs> because I was uh, I do contract work on the side doing copy editing and stuff for clients. And so I was doing that. And then my phone was blowing up from all of these random 22 year old girls from Iowa following me. And so I was like, oh, my God, I was like, someone has just called me out. A lot of people don't like BuzzFeed, but I really like them. And I, I think it's funny because a lot of people in the media will trash BuzzFeed and they do everything that BuzzFeed does to get their, you know. <laughs> to get, yeah, the yeah. list. Yeah, yeah, like they're just like, oh, Buzz, they just did this whole thing with, with GIFs. And I'm like, you literally just did that two days ago. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You're a fan of BuzzFeed. So do you enjoy this way of presenting thoughts? Yeah. BuzzFeed also does like really great original reporting, too. They don't just, you know, focus on the sort of 25 reactions to Beyonce's new video whatever kind of stuff. And and some of the best long form and just original news reporting I've seen this year has come from BuzzFeed. What do you think it is about the things that you write that made them put you on the list? I think a lot of the things that I covered, there aren't actually a lot of women who are doing them. So there's not a lot of women music writers, period. It's usually like these 35-year-old white guys who are like bitter that you don't care about the national. <laughs> the national is always my, they're my band that I say that like, I call them like national dads, like first-time <laughs> fathers. They love the national, you know, and 
they're still trying to like reclaim their youth so they like flirt with like the intern at their office. Sorry. I have a whole like backstory about it's like a music writer thing, a whole backstory about these bands. How did you get into this field? What got you into journalism? I was always interested in writing. I was always journaling. I have every single journal that I've ever had since I was like eight years old. I've had a really strong interest in the arts and culture, and I wanted to write about them and think about them critically because I also felt like the stuff that I was reading was stupid. And there's this really specific style of criticism that was very technical. You have to do, you know, like reference to Fellini film and this record and this and this. And I'm like, that's a that's isolating people. That's not how people connect to culture. References are easy. Like you can be like, oh, this shot is just like this shot. And this is like that. But to be like, why is this good? Why does this make people happy? People are like, oh, well, they have they don't know what to say. And I always wanted to like as a writer, I'm like, I'm going to talk about why this feels good. You know, I had a lot of media organizations and publications coming to me because they're like, no one's really doing that. And no one's really talking about culture in that way. I mean, now they are. But <laughs> back in like 2006, 2007, when I was still in college, and yet I was like freelancing. That was pretty rare because that was like the height of that sort of super analytical type <laughs> of review that no one really cares about and no one really likes. So do you still keep a personal journal? Yeah. I remember trying when I was a kid, and I would always look back at it and hate everything that I wrote. <laughs> I would hate the fact that those are my thoughts. Do you look back, or is it oh, just— yeah. yeah, I look back. And, you know, I look back because I'm always—I'm I'm super obsessed with the idea of personal change. Like, Oprah's my hero, so—and <laughs> I'm really obsessed with that idea of just growth and, you know, reflecting and to see whether or not I still have the same thought patterns and thought practices and if I'm still obsessing over the same things. Like I was in in seventh grade, I was obsessing over my group of friends because I didn't feel like they were good friends in the same way that I was when I was 16, in the same way that I was when I was 19, <laughs> in the same way that I was 23. I, and recently I was like, oh my God. And then I read over my journals over the past two or three years and it was like, I was like, yes, I'm like 25. We hit that mark. Like we no longer, we're com like we're comfortable with our like group of friends and we're comfortable in ourselves. And so as a black female in journalism and in the media, I'm sure you get a lot of specific assignments. Is that a weird thing when someone's like, Britt, we need someone to write about Cosby? Right. I used to get those. I kind of like made it really publicly known on my blog and on Twitter. I was like, you need to stop asking me to do shit like, excuse me, you need to stop asking me to do stuff like this um, because it's infuriating. I mean, Cord Jefferson, he's a he's a writer. He used to work for Gawker and now he's a TV writer. He wrote this really great post about how as a black writer, black person in the media, you have to deal with being the black voice of reason, right? The black <laughs> writer who's, you know, it's like, listen, Kanye said some stuff, so we are going to need you to write that. And it's like, no, you know what? I'm going to write about Taylor Swift, okay? Like, that's who I'm covering. Like, I'm doing the complete opposite of Kanye and how frustrating it can be because, you know, you just want to write about mad men, but people are like, no, we, we're going to need you to, like, write about race and, you know, class. One more question. I want to talk about what it's like to interact with people who read your articles on mm -hmm. the internet. Yeah. Because I know your article about Eminem uh, was 
got uh, a lot of controversy. Still does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I never know what stories are going to pop off and which aren't. <laughs> and there's certain stories where I'm like, oh my God, like everyone's going to hate it and I hear nothing. Just like silence. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. And the Eminem one, I got the assignment Tuesday and my editor was like, can you have this to me by like one or two? And so I did it really quickly. So I, I got the assignment at like 10. I did it by like 12. <laughs> That was funny because so many people were trying to call me out on things that were in my story, which show that they hadn't actually read. Like they maybe read the first one or two paragraphs, which there have been studies like that's what people do. And then they react to it. And so they were saying like, well, he just uses misogyny as a sales tactic. I'm like, mm -hmm. I said that in paragraphs three through seven, which he clearly didn't read, you know, just so. Uh, yeah. So there are a lot of people who were sort of accusing me of being this like crazy misandrist who like <laughs> is it just it was ridiculous. Have you experienced writing an opinion piece and having it change someone's mind? Mm -hmm. That happens a lot, actually. Some of these Eminem stands, I argued with them, and one of them actually then contacted me on Facebook. He was like, "Yeah, like that changed my opinion," and then I realized that I was just sort of reacting to the Eminem that I first obsessed over when I was 12 <laughs> and not thinking of it as like a 29 year old man, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that, that happens. And I've got, I've gotten like really nice messages about it in that case and, or nice tweets about it. And I'm always sort of taken aback. So. <laughs> yeah. We'll be right back with more. It's all true after the break. And when we return, you'll hear Brit Julius's funny true story. I had this feeling in my stomach like, this is going to be a weird night. So let me make sure that I get a little like tipsy. If you have a headline for a funny situation you've been in, record it on anything, your cell phone, your computer, your record player even, and email the file to itsalltruepodcast at gmail.com so we can play it on an episode. Here, I'll try. Um, comedian convinced he's breaking new ground with podcast. How is that? If you want to tweet a headline, use the hashtag AllTruePodcast, and I'll read it on an episode. All right, the break is coming up real soon. More Brit Julius after uh, the break, like I said. All right, I'll see you soon. On the new Strange Brews podcast, Goose Island Bourbon County Stout is considered one of the best beers in the country. But brewmaster Brett Porter says, If I were to write a recipe for an Imperial Stout, it would not look like Bourbon County at all. Find out why on Public Radio's only podcast about beer. Visit wbez.org slash podcasts. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Tim Barnes. In each episode, I ask a guest to reveal a headline for a funny true story. This week's guest is writer and blogger Britt Julius. Here's her headline. Young black feminist slut shames ex-boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. What is the definition of slut shaming? Slut shaming is basically shaming typically a woman for her sexual choices. And it can extend to, you know, actual sex, or it can just be for wearing shorts or wearing a skirt or having, you know, and, and basically saying like, you know, you're a bad person for doing this versus like a guy could do that. And it's just like, whatever, you know? <laughs> so I don't really 
drink and I definitely don't do drugs. But I had gotten into a weird back and forth text argument with my ex. He was my ex at the time. We were still together. And um, he sort of sent me all these random messages saying I was pressuring him. Meanwhile, I'm a very like chill person. So I was sort of like, what are you talking about? Like, it's like I'm just at home watching Lifetime. Like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and so he was like, we should get together on Friday to like talk. I was like, okay. And so um, before we were going to do that, though, I had this feeling in my stomach, like this is going to be a weird night. So let me make sure that I get a little like tipsy and more than tipsy. So <laughs> I met up with my friend who was having, he won like an office party or something at uh, at one of those arcade bars and one of his co-workers also sells weed on the side. I don't know. Um, and so they all went to like the alley and they're like, we're going to like, you know, we're just going to smoke a little bit. And I was like, I'm going to smoke a little bit too because I have a feeling about like what this night's going to be, you know? So um, am I allowed to talk about I don't stuff. know how these things work. I'm I'm fine with. I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I think so, it's fine. So I don't want to ruin it. If, uh, <laughs> yeah, like this is not going to be one that I show my parents. This was the past. Yes. We you know smoked a blunt. I didn't really have dinner, and I was drinking, and then uh, uh, my ex texts me, and he's like, you know, we we really need to to talk. He's like, please come over. And so I was like, okay. like, So I get in a cab, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I should not have, like, you know, had that weed, you know, after I'd been drinking without having dinner. So I was kind of just, like, not in, like, the right headspace. <laughs> so I go over to his place, and he's, like, fixing dinner. He's like, oh, do you want anything? And he was, like, a healthy eater. And I was like, no. Like, I'm going to go home and get some tacos. About, like, a month earlier, um, I had been going to an allergist, and I learned I was allergic to all these things. And my uh, allergist had also said... And by the way, like, don't smoke any pot. And I was like, am I allergic to weed? And she's like, no, but she's like, sometimes, like, you know, you don't know what people's stuff is mixed with. And, like, she it might have, like, something floral that you can't have. And so I put that out of my mind because I was like, I don't smoke. But then that night I had smoked. And so my <laughs> lips started swelling. Oh, and no. I already had already have, like, full lips, but they were just, I mean, just, like, oh, just God. super, like, just ducky. I'm doing like duck motions. So you can just imagine. So they were getting big. And so I was like, oh my God, I got to take some medicine. So I take a Benadryl. I'm drunk. I'm high. I'm on Benadryl. So this is just like a, it's just, it's the complete wrong state for Brittany, who was in high school, like the president of like Students Against Destructive Decisions. Like this is just, it's a low moment for me. He's talking and and he's like, I just want to apologize for you know the text and stuff. He's like, I was just really nervous, but oh, I really it's like the best thing he could. Yeah, uh. you know. And he's like, I just, I really like you and so and so. And I was like, I was like, oh, that's so great. Uh, but then in my like dumb head, I was like, you should just like ask him about more stuff, you know, because he was recently divorced. And so I was like, I was like, let's just like get at the heart of it in my bad like. High mind, and so, it's like the the devil on your left shoulder yes, kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, it's like let's do it. I'm like, so tell me what happened with your ex-wife. And as soon as I said it, I was like, no. And he's like, oh, you really want to know? And I was like, in my head, I was like, this is when you back out. This is when you just no more. But you really wanted to know. Yes, and so like I was like, I was like, say no. And I was like, yes, <laughs> tell me oh, all no. of it. 
He's a kind of like notable person in the city, so I'm not gonna like divulge any of it, but y'all, it was crazy. And so I was like, oh my God, this is intense. I can't deal with this right now. And so he was kind of upset by my reaction to what he was saying. Um, and I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I'm just like, you know, I just, it's the Benadryl. Like, it's nothing, I swear. Like, we're totally good. And so and so. We went to the living room and we were like talking more, or whatever. And. That little like voice in my head was like, ask him more questions, ask him more questions, you know. And so he had told me all these these things about himself. And so I was sort of like, well, tell me more things about this. Why do you like it? Why do you want this to happen? And 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 as soon as I said that, I was like, no. And he's like, oh, do you really want to know? And the oh, same thing again. <laughs> I was like, don't do it. Go home. And I was like, mm-hmm. Yes. Tell me all of it. And so he was telling me all these things and and again, I'm like getting shocked and I was going to the bathroom and texting my, my girlfriends. I'm like, girl, this is so crazy, but I can't really type it because I'm like really, you know, out of it. And and uh, we get back and and then he said, well, you know, I don't really believe in monogamy. And that out of everything he told me had had just made me like trippy. I don't really, I don't really believe, believe in I was like, so are you, I was like, are you like cheating on me? And, and he said, well, I'm, you know, I'm kind of sleeping with, uh, with, uh, two other people right now. I was like, we've been dating for like five months. What do you mean you're sleeping with other people? And he, he he, like gets up off the couch and he stands up and he like looks at me and he's like, you know what? I kind of feel like you're slut shaming me right now. (laughs) I could... And uh. that was like the moment where like my high was like over. And so I was like, hold up. This guy, he, he said it. He said it. As I said earlier, I'm a feminist. I'm a misandrist. I mean, not really, but kind of, yeah. And so I, that was the moment where I just, I don't know, my, my mind just went completely clear. And what I was thinking actually like translated to what I was saying. And I went on this like... 10 15 minute long rant about feminism and slut shaming and the body and sexual harassment and all these things and he just had this look on his face like oh my god what did i what did i do what did i just unveil <laughs> and i was like you don't know what it's like you don't know what like real slut shaming is just like going on and on and at the end of it he, he we were in his car and he's like i'll drive you back home i was like you better drive me back home and uh, we get to my place, and he was like, "I'm really sorry." And I was like, "I was like, yeah, you should be. You're kind of slutty." And that's the show. For more updates on Brit Julius, follow her on Twitter. Her handle is Briticisms. That's right, Briticisms. It's All True is a production of WBEZ Chicago and The Whiskey Journal. The show is produced by Tim Barnes, Patrick Burns, myself, Joe Dessau, and the guy who's talking right now. If you dig the show, please rate and review it on iTunes. It's a big help and it means so much. And for more info, visit wbez.org slash podcasts. Next week on It's All True, I talk to music producer Stefan Ponce. And I've been very fortunate enough to make the music with Donald or like Vic Mensa where they're, they're kind of most popular songs. I've made directly with them and I think those songs become a lot more personal with them and they become like kind of their more favorite songs. My Twitter handle is TimBarnes451. 
and follow the show at All True Podcast. This is Tim Barnes signing off saying, I believe in you. And I'm sure your your journal entry that night was it was, pretty... a, was amazing. <laughs> it was it was amazing, and I go back to it whenever I see him because I see him around all the time. I'll be like, oh he's oh, he's so cute. Oh my god, he because he was like my dream guy, and like <laughs> my mother was like, this is the man you're gonna marry. I was like, I know it's so great, and then I'm like, no, because <laughs> you, the girl who has been like slut shamed since you were like ten years old and like five ten, had like a grown man tell you that you were slut shaming him because he was cheating on you and you didn't accept it. <laughs> That's my story. That's great. I'm not uh, bitter. 